I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson, and this is going to be a fun one. Uh, you know, I, I, I've always been that guy that liked sort of the sci-fi and... I'm fascinated by UFOs. I don't know what to do with them from a biblical standpoint. <laughs> but, you know, all those odd things. And, and the idea of of the numbers in the Bible, and I don't mean the book of numbers. I mean, the you know, why this amount of numbers? Why is seven considered wholeness? Why is six the number of man? Why? What do all these mean? Are they just Jewish things that God was using to relate to the people, or does he have a design behind? I don't know. It's just fascinating. Well, we're going to talk about that today, uh, and my, my guest is Eric Eichinger, Eichinger, if I say that right, and um, the book is called Faith by Numbers, and so all those questions that I've always had, Eric's going to answer them today. <laughs> we'll see. This will be a fun conversation. You're invited to be a, a part of the conversation. Hello, Loretta. I'm watching numbers right now with people that are watching live. So uh, it, numbers are all over, uh, and and they do have significance. But I don't think we understand all of them. How you doing, man? It's great to see you. Thank you. Uh, it's great to great to be back on your show, Randy. I'm doing doing well. Doing well. So I know based on our other conversations that we kind of share fascinations with these odd things. Uh, yeah. Why'd you pick up on on the numbers and run with it? I, I think there's a, a bit of a mystery behind them. I remember growing up, I was always involved in church, and you get the the Bible stories and the Sunday school stories, and then you start to get into doctrine and catechism and such. But as I got older, I, I would hear pastors oftentimes mention the numbers, and they would have a specific meaning or something. And it's like, well, where where did you learn that? Where did you hear that? And, and as I got into seminary, I, I would explore that more, and there was never any real definitive source to go to um, just because the, the Bible doesn't in, emphatically come out and, and spell it right out. So, there, you know, so some theologians are a little gun-shy to write about it. So I said, you know what, I want to put together a book that kind of uh, assimilates a lot of this, uh, this information and, and puts it into a format that is easy to understand, fun, enjoyable, and hopefully illuminating. Well— Share with us a little bit of what you learned. What are some, maybe what are some more of the common things where we might go, okay, yeah, I can see that from scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if, if you are familiar with reading the Bible, you're going to notice that there are certain numbers that jump out a lot more than other numbers do. And so then it's fun to unpack that and explore it and ask the question why, you know, so some of the numbers that I see come up a lot are th- the numbers 3, 7, 8, 10, 12, and 40. And so those were the numbers that I uh, played with a lot. And so, um, uh, you know, why, why is it that Jesus has to get Matthias and, and take Judas's slot in yeah. the 12 disciples to become the apostles? You know, why does he do that? Um, and then why does he refer to um, the sign of Jonah with the, the three days in the whale and then he's going to, you know, rise on the on the third day? So those phrases mm-hmm. start jumping out more. Um, 40 is another one that uh, that comes up a lot in terms of the the suffering and, and hope, this waiting and expectation. And so you see that a lot. Why, why is it that Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness and that mirrors the 40 years in the wilderness of the Israelites. So there's a lot of uh, specific 
intentionality that Jesus does in the New Testament fulfilling what was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. And so that's what isn't always spelled out in the scriptures. Jesus doesn't always unpack and explain his parables. Um, and so it's fun to to study that and to start uh, putting that puzzle together. All right. Well, pick a number, any number, and walk us through <laughs> So okay, I I love the number eight. I mean, a lot a lot of people, you know, they're they're gonna know. Okay, three is the Trinity, and and seven is perfection in the days of the week and stuff. Um, eight comes up a lot, and I think it's really fun. And and I I, I find that the the um, the word covenant really matches with eight. So you've got um, eight, and and the covenant of baptism is what I connect it to. So <clears throat> you have the flood and Noah. And so you've got Noah and Shem, Ham, and Japheth, his, his three sons. And then they're all married and on the, on the ark. So you have eight people. And it's specifically because uh, Peter writes about this in the New Testament in one of his epistles. And he's connecting this number eight with the eight people on the boat with baptism there. Hmm. And so baptism and the, the flood and this washing and this new uh, birth of, of the world and this promise of God. So all of that's fun. Then you start looking at other covenants, promises, and blessings, and you have the uh, cutting of the uh, circumcision, and that is done, interestingly enough, on the eighth day after birth hmm. of the Israelite male. And so that's when the circumcision would take place, and they are brought into the covenant family of God. Then you have St. Paul talking in second um, or in Colossians chapter 2, and he links the covenant of circumcision with the covenant of baptism. And so you start connecting a lot of these pieces together, and it's it's just really fun and exciting uh, to, to see. Okay, so that is, that is all interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Is there meaning? Is there deeper meaning behind it, or is it just <clears throat> a way for uh, a, a New Testament truth to, to be connected to an Old Testament truth, or is there some bigger design? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, certainly every time a specific number comes up in the Bible, is it always going to have a secondary or tertiary meaning to it? Mm -hmm. um, uh, not necessarily all the time. However, we owe it to ourselves as faithful Christian scholars to at least ask the question to explore uh, these things. So, um, you know, when, when Jesus is doing the feeding of the 5,000 and they have the extra extra baskets uh, of, of fish and, and bread, you know, there's, there's seven and there's 12, you know, and so it's interesting that you have um, those specific numbers of leftovers. And so there's going to be this perfection of feeding for all of God's people, which uh, again, that's going to be 12. You know, mm -hmm. 12 is always God's people. If you got the 12 sons and then the 12 tribes, and then you have uh, the 12 spies uh, going into the Holy Land, right. and then you have uh, the disciples and the apostles, and, and that would be why then that it's necessary uh, when Judas uh, is no longer there that they bring in Matthias for that for that purpose. So I, I always wondered why they rejected the other guy. Cause it came down to the cast lots between Matthias and yeah, someone else. Right. I don't remember his name. It was like, why didn't the other guy get to go? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah. And, and I think that is, I think the last moment where, um, before 
the church is learning to rely on the Holy Spirit as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, the Urim and Thurim stones, you know, that they're they're rolling or, or the, the testing of that with the casting of lots and stuff. So so now you've got the Holy Spirit coming in and that's how the, the church has learned to discern God's will as opposed to throwing the dice as it will. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. How about 40? Because you mentioned we, got, we know 40 days and 40 nights on the ark, 40 mm-hmm. years in the wilderness. Uh, yeah. 40 days in the wilderness for Jesus. Didn't he come back after the resurrection and teach for 40 days about the kingdom? Wasn't that yeah. 40 as well? Yeah, there's after he rises, then there's 40 days until Ascension Day. And that's when he ascends. So there's those 40 days there. So the the overarching theme of um of my book is I've 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 taken these six numbers and I've connected them to a catechetical um, resource. So uh, so as a Lutheran pastor, Martin Luther was very big on people studying the Bible in their own language with German and translating that. But then he also writes the catechism because he wants every you know family and all the kids growing up to know their faith and to be able to articulate what he referred to as the six chief parts. And so that is uh, the Apostles' Creed, Every Christian should know that. Uh, the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, baptism, confession and absolution, and Holy Communion. And so so Luther th- felt that, you know, if anybody's going to say they're a Christian, they should have a pretty good handle on these six uh, tenets of the faith. And so that's uh, the catechism. So as I was having fun exploring these numbers, I thought, boy, they, they really do coincide with these basic teachings uh, that all Christians would, would endorse. So for instance, three is the Trinity, and that connects to the Apostles' Creed or any any of the three ecumenical creeds, because there are three articles, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it impacts them. Then you got seven and perfection, and the the Lord's Prayer has seven different specific petitions in it. And so when you know the disciples are asking, oh, what's the what's the best way to pray or, or what's the, the perfect way to pray, say, um, Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. And so people don't realize they're actually praying and asking God for seven different things when we mm. say the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Um, so then eight, I, I pointed out with the covenant and baptism. And 10 obviously connects readily with the Ten Commandments and the law. And then you've got uh, 12 and God's people. And I, I connect that to uh, Holy Communion. You've got that Last Supper imagery there. And then 40 is the Bible's lockstep answer for uh, for suffering and hope. And so confession and absolution, I thought, paired really well with that. So is there is there anything to the generation? Because gener- we, gen- we regard 40 years as a generation. Is there any, hmm. any meaning behind that, do you think? Well, I... I don't play too much with the generation, but I, I think the, the long suffering and hope, um, you know, the, the, the life of the, of the church militant. So we are struggling and suffering here. And, you know, even when you, when you get on quote unquote easy street in, in life, if you, you know, you, you get married or you, you know, you have enough money finally, uh, life has a way of sneaking up and surprising you with cancer, with the death of a friend, with, with tragedy or, you know, a downturn in the economy and you lose everything. So, um, so I, I think it's always, we are relying on God and struggling through that um, through our life. So we could perhaps connect it in that way. Do you uh, do you get into any of the revelation numbers? Because it's loaded with numbers. 
Yeah, Revelation does. Well, so there are relationships with some of the numbers. So, I, you know, one, one of the uh, big ones, of course, is in Revelation is 144,000. And at a cursory pass, uh, people, you know, some people will say, well, is that literally the only number of people that go to heaven? And I, I believe the Jehovah Witnesses kind of kind of yeah. throw that number around and, and stuff. Well, they and, did and until so, the church got too big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Am I in? You know, but of course, you know, the questions of assurance and everything uh, for other actual Christians, uh, that that number is a big thing. But then recognizing it's a relationship of some of God's math, if you will. You know, obviously 12 times 12, and we've got the 144. Then you multiply that by 10, which is, you know, this uh, completeness of law, to the third power. Uh, uh, and so, that's so you get that, you know, 144,000, you know. So so it's kind of like saying God's people of the Old Testament multiplied by God's people of the New Testament, 12 times 12, uh, times, uh, you know, his His uh, beauty of his truthful law to the Trinitarian power, uh, you know. So you, yeah. you kind of play with some of these themes, and you can see how they interrelate. Yeah, some of that starts to feel like, that, that old math trick where it's like, pick any number now, divide it by this, yeah. and then take this and this. And you always come out to the same number, and it's just like, okay, that's just a math trick. I appreciate that. And Renee, yeah. by the way, one of the viewers, Renee, points out that 70 years is a generation, and she is correct. I don't know huh. where I came up with 40. I'm huh. shortchanging all of us. Good grief. <laughs> uh, well, and then, you know, you, you look at 7 and 10, and those are two of our numbers there, too. So perfection and completion, you know, so a generation. Okay. Okay. All right, but, so uh, here here's, I think— probably the important question because we can we can play with the numbers all day long i've heard you know sermons and things where people stretch numbers to the point right. where you're like really i mean you know oh well here's this hidden thing oh did you know it was right. the number five and a half happens to be yeah, like, yeah, right 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 yeah. it, it just sometimes it goes too far yes. how much stock should we put in this so my my book Faith by Numbers it it focuses on helping us to understand what God is communicating to us in the scriptures already. So it's not like, oh, I drove past three pine trees today, God's telling me something. No. <laughs> we don't want to look out into creation and or you know, or the stock market or the the yeah. horse track and start <laughs> right, right. numbers and say, "Oh, God's speaking to me." No, that is hideous and wrong. But what I am talking about is helping us to understand what God has already said implicitly in the Bible and and help us to see uh, a little bit more of how it's explicitly there as well. And so uh, it's it's uh, it's fun to uh, to do it that way. So <clears throat> uh, some so some of the numbers then um, I, I think too, the numbers are the only uniform, uh, uniting language of, of all the people in the world. You know, everything yeah, yeah. else can get lost in translation yeah. from Greek to Hebrew, from German to English and Spanish and Chinese, etc. But everybody understands numbers, you know. And so, yeah, you know, so there, there's that. So God God kind of communicates to everybody intrinsically that way. And and my last point, too, I think it's, it's more of a helpful way for people to remember some of the, the simplest, purest doctrines that God has. So mm. We remember our social security number or our student number from college or uh, a telephone number. Um, then we can remember three, seven, eight, ten, twelve, forty, and that can. When we do that, that helps us remember. Oh, the uh, you know our catechetical lessons. You know, Apostles' Creed, Lord's Prayer, Baptism, Ten Commandments, Holy Communion, and Confession and Absolution. So just to to keep those yeah. things in the forefront of our minds. So so little. 
uh, mnemonic devices, um, but also uh, helping us to unpack and explore uh, some of the intriguing, mysterious language that God has embedded with the scriptures already. Okay, so so take it with a grain of salt, but don't get yep. too caught up in it. Uh, yep. And I, you know, I never thought about the fact that it is the universal language. Uh, yeah. And it kind of ties, yeah. it, it'll tie things together where you can see the, the bigger point. I think, I think what I would take away from our conversation so far is that the numbers aren't the point. Mm-hmm. They are, like you said, mnemonic devices, help, they're helpers to, yeah. to help us remember and maybe see some important patterns and principle, not necessarily the importance of the number itself. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's almost like God is uh, using a wink for that extra underscored hint to help us understand, you know, it's like the significance of why why did Jesus, uh, you know, lay in the tomb for three days and on the third day rise? Mm-hmm. Why does that correlate with, you know, because he was telling us beforehand in the Old Testament. So the Old Testament typology and this foreshadow of Christ fulfilling it is oftentimes uh, underneath. And I, I, I think that's there because um, God's people are oftentimes uh, deaf to what he's trying to communicate. You know, we're ignoring yeah. the prophets of the past and stuff. So this message keeps coming up over and over again um, and in, in in different ways, you know, and, and that's what's uh, exciting to discover. Do you think that the numbers were God's idea before the Israelites or because something had occurred in the Israelites that God affirmed it using the numbers. Does that make sense? Um, well, I, I think it's interesting. He, he, when he calls Abraham and he gives him this thing, he has him look up and count the number of stars in the sky, you know, <laughs> count the number of sand on, on the shore and stuff. And so, um, this infinity of possibilities. Yeah. And so, um, it, it's interesting, um, that, that he does that. So and God likes numbers. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. So yeah, he's, he is very exact. He is very specific and intentional with, uh, a lot of what he does. So it's not just slobberling going through life and willy nilly. Yes. To me, that, that speaks design. That design, right. That speaks to the idea that God is the God of order. He brings order out of the chaos. Yeah. Uh, and, and numbers help bring order. It, they, they do. And, you know, he's a carpenter by trade, you know, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you and think, so, okay, well, I, mean, I, I want to ask you, I know any, I can. Any can, little number off this way or that way, well, yeah. And well, but it says uh, a craftsman is the actual. Uh, yeah. And so if you look at the region, it's it's just as likely, I think more likely, but it's just opinion, that he was a, a stonemason, which would explain all his references to stones and his, and his talking. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of wood around there, and there were some big stone projects near Nazareth that if his father was a stonemason, he would have been minor detail. I, I just, I get lost in these things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that, no, it's fun. But yeah, but any type of construction and you're, you're yeah, you, you need this, um, you know, specific right, right. Uh, measurement. Well, yeah. So. Oh yeah. I mean, a cornerstone is an exact thing because if it's off, yeah. the whole building's off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Has, uh, have, have, do you think these have spilt over into our common way of thinking i mean you got lucky you know, lucky number seven right i mean this is casinos yeah. even use that um exactly uh, my exactly. wife my wife i will say is a perfect 10. Mm-hmm. right exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i bring that i bring that into uh some of some of those colloquial phrases that we have 
are carryovers from from biblical um, stories or components, and, and people don't always realize it. And it becomes so secularized and compounded, uh, generation after generation, um, that uh, yeah, it, you know, it gets to be lost uh, to biblical knowledge of, of today's people. But yeah, I, I think uh, there's a, a lot of truth to that. And you know, I, if we're creative about it. Uh, I think maybe we can use some of those to communicate God's truth into a language, a numbers language that people kind of already are used to. Uh, right. And instead of talking about, you know, casinos, talk about the perfection of, that Christ brings, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, why is it that it's the third time is the charm, you know? And so, you know, where, where did those phrases come from? Why why is three this, you know, e- even in comedy, you know, it's that that third recurring joke is is like the the golden, <laughs> you know, you know, See, sense that, of humor. That, that's, that's what I tell people. I like to do jokes and runs. I was telling right. like three Italian jokes, three, I can't tell you all the jokes, but I mean, they're not bad. But I don't anybody Italians are like, wait, you're telling jokes about it? Anyway, that's very, very interesting. Okay, I want to show you, show people the book. This is Faith by Numbers. It's available now. If you, if this is fun for you, and this is not one of those weird ones that's going to make things up. <laughs> this is one that's just going to help you anchor to the truth in, in Scripture, because that, it really is the whole point. I also want to show you this. This is ericikinger.com. There's a URL, and if you're listening, it's Eric is E-R-I-C, Eichinger is E-I-C-H-I-N-G-E-R.com. We are on uh, all the podcast platforms now, many, most of them, by the way. So if you're a podcaster, you can you can listen to this show uh, instead of watching um, through a podcast and subscribe there, so I'd encourage that. Uh, all right, Eric, what have, what have we not covered? Because this is fun, um, and, and I, appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that you're not weird about it. Uh, <laughs> right but is, what, what else did i not ask any questions that you want to address regarding no this i mean i think uh, i think we hit a lot of the a lot of the uh, the great topics here so i i think it's just fun because certain people are going to recognize uh some of the very popular famous bible stories that's where you know you know these numbers come up but they were also going to find there are some more obscure Bible stories where these same numbers come up in context that that matches and pairs with these themes that I've uh, brought out, you know. And so it's just like like uh, one little example would be uh, David and Goliath, you know. And so the Bible is very intentional that it says that Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days before oh, wow. David, you know, so it's just, it's those extra things. And so, you know, when we look at suffering and hope, you know, it's like, yeah, they were miserable huh. under the Philistines with Goliath and stuff, you know, and huh. then, you know, just dealing with all that um, taunting and, and everything. And then uh, David comes up and, and saves the day. God works through him. And now there's this new, new season of hope and everything. So cool. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stories like that where it's like, oh, I never knew that <laughs> yeah. it was there. And then when when you're po- pointing it out, like that. So I think that would be that would be fun for readers. You know, it's like, yep, I'm I'm sure you were aware of the familiar numbers and where they come up. But there's a lot of um, of you know more obscure, lesser known stories that uh, they're there too, and it pairs well and matches up with all of these themes. So that's what I'd say. Do you, do you put any stock? Because I have, man, I have heard some. <laughs> with the numbers of chapters and verses like oh and it's also no. verse 40 because i'm like what <laughs> no. you, that was later 
Yeah, I know. There there are there are a couple there are a couple of things though. Um I do like I do like the Isaiah um uh the book of Isaiah. And so you have 39 chapters um and you know there's 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah and so there's 66 books in the Bible. And when you look at the Old Testament there's 39 and then that's you know and the 39th chapter of Isaiah concludes and then you get to chapter 40 and it starts with this transition of hope with comfort comfort my people. So huh. I do like I do like that one a lot. <laughs> I wonder if that would with any 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 chance that was intentional on the parts of the people who who put you you would know this who put the numbers there who put the chapter yeah they, that they, they didn't come for a long time as a matter of fact even the 10 commandments are not numbered in the original hebrew <laughs> you know and so and that's why that's why there is some discrepancies with like how do we number them today you know it's like they're all there right. but sometimes we we split them and so um i believe it was uh, saint augustine that uh, kind of wanted to preserve um, you know, there was the, all the iconoclasm going on and all of that early Christian artwork was being destroyed because of the the thinking of thou shalt have no graven images. And so he kind of downplayed that uh. and, and splits, you know, the, the coveting so that, you know, some traditions have, you know, coveting life and coveting, you know, material things so that the the graven image part of the first commandment is downplayed and and augustine won because you know that's why we still have a lot of this beautiful christian art from that era but if they had kept running with no graven images all of that early christian art would have potentially been lost so so that's one of the big um, things there with the with the numbers of it. yeah and and that that's what happens when we go overboard with some of these ideas yeah. uh, and, yeah. and that's why i would say don't go overboard with the even the numbers, let, let them point you to God. Don't let them be your God. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. I have to ask you this. If you got a oh, couple minutes, because sure, so yeah. you move, you were in Florida last time we talked. That's, is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And now you're in uh, LA, you in Hollywood or you in, I can't remember exactly what part of LA you're in. Yeah. I'm in uh, Los Angeles County in the town of Arcadia. So. Arcadia. Okay. So that's what I remember. Anything going on? Because I know you're a, a film screenplay kind of guy. Um, Anything interesting going on yet? Well, I helped out with the uh, the Reagan movie is uh, is uh, going to be coming out next year, and so that's going to be uh, really exciting. Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid. is yeah. Reagan, and so um, so my uh, my family we got to be in the uh, the Reagan scene, uh, or excuse me, the um, the church scene. So you know, typecasting, right? The pastor's family, oh, yeah. <laughs> we had to be in the uh, the church scene, and then I I also got to I got a little cameo in the uh, the assassination attempt scene. Spoiler alert: Reagan they tried tried to kill him, but oh, well. anyway. I, I, I was not John Hinckley, <laughs> but, but I was standing near him, though. So anyway, <laughs> which uh, which actually would have been even funnier, in my opinion. Yeah, to have yeah. a pastor being John Hinckley. But, uh, yeah, and so I guess you'll have to watch the movie to find out if Reagan died or not. That's right. That's right. Or all you Gen Zers. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that, that'll be really exciting, though. So yeah, and there's a lot of you know other other fun projects brewing always. So yeah, always. Okay, and uh, I expect that all of Los Angeles to be saved by the next time I talk to you. Okay. Uh, good. Good to know. Good to know where everybody's looking at me to accomplish that mission. <laughs> All right, man. It's always fun to talk to you. I love the topics. I love your balance. I love your. You 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 have a level of knowledge that you bring to whatever topic. Uh, even when we kind of get out here on, on, you know, some of the maybe fringe kind of things. By the way, right. I, I, you mentioned what you you're kind of working on now and. I, 
you want to mention that, you can, but you don't have to. I, I think you should put also on your list the UFOs project. I really need to know what's <laughs> going on with that. Okay, yes, yes. Well, yeah, the space aliens and everything, too. Yeah, how do, how do, how do we reconcile the, the question of life out there? Yeah. Uh, so, so well, I do have an answer, but we'll have to wait till next time, right? You have an answer. See, okay. So, if if, if you if you believe in angels, then you mm -hmm, believe right. in extraterrestrials, right? So, I yeah, I I would say I would say um, again, kind of, you know, if <laughs> if life exists outside of our solar system, this whole thing, I I would argue. Um, it has to be reconciled under Christ because, um, you know, for God so loved the world in English, but in the Greek, that word is cosmos. So for God mm. so loved all of mm. the universe, you know, so. Unless, if, unless they never sinned, kind of a paralandra kind of thing, right? Yeah, they, they have to be reconciled under Christ's death on the cross and, and resurrection. So okay. so if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, um, I would say probably not life out there. But, you know, yeah. sure, if we want to play with the possibility, fine. But they have to be reconciled to Christ in some way. And how do they know? All right, Space Force is on the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you do decide to be a betting man, uh, go with lucky number seven. Oh, thank you. Good, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fun conversation. I appreciate you, man. Uh, be sure to check out his website. Uh, like I mentioned, ericicinger.com. You can find out the other one that we're, it'll be a while, I think, before he finishes a really interesting uh, fiction book that I'm excited about. So um, check out his website and, and share. This is a fun one. Uh, any, did I miss anything? Anything you want to add? I, I think we hit it all. all right. I think we hit it all, all cylinders. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Put this one in the win column. You guys, if you haven't followed or subscribed or liked, please do that now. Uh, and hit share if you know somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I know somebody that'll like this. It's always fun. And come back. We've got more for you all week on Life Today Live. I'll see you again next time. But enjoy it. Please all the fun you can out of it. This is your hour. This is your hour. Because it's soon going to end. And truth will be on the soul of your day. Sunday is coming.